What's up, everyone? I'm Guy Richnick, a.k.a. Fish. I'm Max Levy, a.k.a. Chips. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the NBA. Um, more specifically, what's going on with my Lakers and the actual playoff teams. And if the playoffs started today, who you would take in the matchups, um, as well as um, our player award predictions. You know, first of all, I just want to say the Lakers, um, very disappointing. Uh, I think that's the one word to describe it. Disappointing. Um, yeah, I mean, you're lucky as a Heat fan that you got to see that you got LeBron in his prime with other players. Um, here's the thing about me talking about the Lakers, and I've kind of avoided talking about this for a while because I'm a very passionate Laker fan. Um, I like saying how things how I am, but above all, I'm I'm a huge LeBron fan. Mm-hmm. Um, here here's my breakdown. I think the Lakers wouldn't would have made the playoffs if a LeBron never got hurt but I think that it's even more than that if Lonzo never got hurt if LeBron continues his injury but Lonzo stays on there Lonzo for some reason I don't know what it is he has the coolest demeanor but he just gives them defensive intensity and look at the numbers of course they started off uh top 10 in defense with Lonzo and LeBron um they were great great stopping because LeBron cared and he was energized um, and then once Lonzo and, and LeBron go out, their defense plummets to 29th in the league. And uh, Ingram showed improvement. Uh, Kuzma showed improvement. But they're both out for the season. Um, I just think that that's a shutdown thing more than anything. The problem really started with the AD trade talks. You, yeah, I agree You cannot that. do that to an entire team and say, you know what, we have 15 players on this team, but we offer 10 of you guys in trades. I think, I think the fact that LeBron is... Always talking about free agency and how people, he's you know letting work the media get guys. to him and it's like these young like just imagine you know Lonzo Ball is a guy that w- when he's on the court when he's playing the Lakers win games and you know it's statistically shown that Lonzo Ball wins the he Lakers has a really more games. good yeah. plus minus and Lonzo has only been in the league for a couple of years but in high school in college him Ingram Kuzma Josh Hart even a guy like Zubats you've always been the guy. He's yeah. always been the guy, and it's always been, yo, you guys should play with this guy because he is going to make it into the league. But then once you're in the league, you have that realization of, oh, they're going to trade me. Uh, I guess, mm-hmm. I guess I, I, I'm not better than everybody else like I used to be. And for those guys, it's, it's like they think they're not good enough. They're not part of this team. LeBron yeah. wants something better than yeah. you. He's looking down. Yeah, yeah, and teammate. they're looking at themselves, and they're being like, why, why am I even trying? Like, yeah. I'm a rental. And the other thing is, um, they're young guys. Um, they have they have a lot going on. And when you're 20, 21 years old, making tens of millions of dollars, playing for the uh, most marquee NBA franchise, mm-hmm. uh, with the most marquee NBA player since Jordan, that's a lot of pressure. And these guys are improving. But you can't expect them to be MVP-level players. Like, you can't go into this I season. Agree. And the Magic Johnson from day one, when LeBron signed, he says, I will be disappointed if Ingram doesn't average 25 points per game. Look at Brandon Ingram. He was a scorer in high school. Uh, he was a scorer in college. But Luke Walton has turned him into a facilitator. He played great as a point forward, but he's not a 25-point-per-game catch-and-shoot player that LeBron needs. And, you know, honestly, I think I think LeBron should be the facilitator, even though he's the scorer and he's the guy. LeBron needs to sometimes, honestly, step in and be a leader. And th- this team, in the, in the summer, whatever free agents they get or whatever happens, LeBron needs to step back and say, guys, 
Me not playing defense is over. These trade rumor talks are over. Do you actually believe step- that? Oh, yeah. Why you, th- would- you think that LeBron's going to play defense during an entire race? Yeah, season? of course he could. <laughs> Le- LeBron's done it in the past. Look yeah, at- but I think that now he's like 35. He really looks at he, it as conserving he- his body. No, um, I, I think I think he made a commitment I, to play I for hope the that Lakers. He does. No, I, I hope no, that he does he, too. Yeah. Yeah, I love LeBron, but he, he, has a, he has an ego problem from time to time. He has to realize... He well, he's plays, like LeBron James. How can you not have an ego problem? But I think the problem is when you look at players like KD and James Harden and every other superstar, they don't go, the Lakers play for me. They go, I play I play exactly. for this team. And LeBron has to realize he's one of 15. Well, no matter how much better he is than mm-hmm. everybody else, he has to realize he's just one of the guys. And when he goes out there, he's just as important as everybody else. Because um, if somebody isn't giving it their all because LeBron is giving them bad mojo or something like that, then that's four on five. And no matter how good you are, uh, even when you're LeBron, you you cannot win games playing like that when everybody's demeanor is low. Another thing is, as you were alluding to, from the beginning, they signed players like Rondo, mm-hmm. Stevenson, uh, Beasley, Michael, a, b- yeah. a, bunch, a bunch of guys who um, focus on defense and inside scoring and facilitating a bunch of gritty guys. They're not shooters. And they're like, and from the beginning, they're like, oh, well, we want to surround LeBron with playmakers so that he can take a break. You knew from day one that LeBron was going to ball, uh, was going to uh, ball handle for your team. No matter what you, no matter what um, you think, oh, maybe, maybe Rondo would bring it up so that he's not going to be as tired and that he could be just our scorer. No, LeBron's going to handle the ball no matter what. And you have to surround him with shooters like JR and like uh, Shumper and like Kyrie. Like Cleveland did it right. Kevin I Love. Agree. And that's that's how it works. Don't break something that has brought you to eight straight NBA finals. Um, I think the Lakers needed to look at what's what's worked with LeBron in the past. Um, I, I think Lonzo could have, you know, taken up the ball, been the man. But I just think they did it all wrong. And I do think they have another chance this summer. But um, going to another LA team, Los Angeles Clippers. Um, really um, surprised. They people. also surprised people, but in yeah. a good way. Yeah. You uh, know, Patrick Beverly tweeted uh, earlier in the summer that Clippers are better than Lakers. Yeah, and, uh, they are. And I was going, "What is he saying?" But then I took a second and I'm like, "Well, they had a better record than the Lakers last year. Hell yeah, they should be saying that. I mean, the Lakers have no right to claim LA until they claim on LA, claim LA mm-hmm. until they prove that they're good enough." Just because you have the better roster on paper doesn't mean that Clippers, you get, Clippers even traded yeah. away Tobias Harris. And yeah, they, all those guys. Everybody goes, Jordan. Everybody goes. Oh, well, now they? they're now they're tanking. They go. They go. Oh well, they've lost all their marquee players like Blake, Chris, uh, DeAndre, and now Reddick. Tobias Harris and Reddick. And they're like, well, obviously they're looking to Kawhi Leonard and creating cap space, but no, they play with such a team mentality. You know what? You know what I think it is. I think it's their integrity. I think. Patrick Beverly has that mentality that he he's never gonna lose. He's gonna put in it all, and if they're gonna lose, they're gonna yeah, put up a fight. Yeah, they just outwork they teams. They, they outwork. The and same they, with they play the, hard. the Nets. Um, and both, they grind. Both young teams mm-hmm. who are not the most talented teams. If you look at it, like teams outside of the playoffs, um, like the Lakers or the Mavericks are more talented than uh, than the Clippers, but they just outwork teams and they go, we're gonna outgrind you. We're twelve deep. Everybody can play, and we're just gonna outwork you. Um, continuing on the Clippers, um, we're going to be talking about playoff matchups. So if the playoffs started today, 
Um, in the East, the first team, Milwaukee Bucks, who um, I guess everybody would agree, um, kind of the surprise of the league. Uh, everybody thought that they would take that next jump with Boonhoser, but not a 66-win team like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they would be versing the 8th seed Miami Heat, uh, Dwayne Wade's potential last playoff series. Uh, how do you see this one going on? You know, um, I always have a lot of love for Miami, and I think... You know, even with their troubles this season, they still have a good roster. But there's no chance in a game seven, in a game seven series, that they're going to be able to take on the Milwaukee no, Bucks, I, uh, especially with, yeah, Milwaukee's going to take that. Yeah, uh, Milwaukee just longer. Um, just seems like they uh, they fit better. Um, seems like Miami is a bunch of uh, broken pieces put together. It just seems like um, in two K, when you find uh, a bunch of higher overalls than somebody else, even though that they might not fit the team. Uh, so players like Dion Waiters, Kelly Olynyk, James Johnson, uh, Josh Richardson, and uh, Hassan Whiteside, they're really good individual players. It just really doesn't make a cohesive yeah. roster. And that's what you see Milwaukee doing with Giannis and then just surrounding him with shooters and playmakers. Um, next, we have Toronto versus Detroit, who has uh, been going on a little mini win streak. Oh, well, uh, big return for the coach. Yeah, uh, Dwayne Casey says he would love to play the Raptors. Uh, that would be interesting to see. Yeah, you know, you have to you have to realize that Kawhi Leonard and the Toronto Raptors are not going to be able to be stopped in the playoffs. But I think the players for the Pistons, um, you know, especially Blake Griffin and all the guys that have been doubted, are going to go out there and they're going to play for Dwayne and they're going to play for their team and their integrity. And I honestly, I could see this going to a game seven, game six. But at the end of the day, Toronto's a better team, and they're going to end up taking the series. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Detroit, if you look at their head-to-head, they won their first game 106-104 to on a game winner uh, by Reggie Bullock. Mm-hmm. And uh, they also won 112-107 to in uh, early March. So uh, Toronto is 0-2 against Detroit, but uh, I think things change in playoffs. But it really comes down to star power. Yeah. And surprisingly, I think that I take Blake in this. Just because okay. I think that Blake um, just has um, more riding on him. And I think that he's out there to prove everybody, I can lead my own team. And a lot of people call him washed up and say, oh, his past is behind him. But this may be the best season so you that got he's de- had. You got Detroit taking the series? Um, Yeah, I have Detroit okay. uh, in seven, kind of in an upset. You know, uh, Raptors have their demons. And I think uh, Kyle Lowry at a certain point is going to be going... Well, this isn't fun with no Demar, like, and and then he's just gonna uh, go in his feelings. Um, third seed versus the sixth seed, uh, Philadelphia versus Brooklyn, uh, who a lot of people saw being a bottom feeder, but then yeah, they come Bro- out Bro- of nowhere. Brooklyn, you know, I, I think they did show a lot of people this season that they are a good team, uh, especially D'Angelo Russell being an All Star and uh, Jared Allen stepping it up. But there's this team's going down if they if they're gonna end up yeah, like Philly. It's, it's four superstars yeah. versus. I That's guess you could call one D'Angelo. Surprising thing with this, um, here are the head-to-heads, 122-97 Brooklyn, 127-125 uh, Philly, and then 127-124 Brooklyn. So um, mm. it's, a, it's a lot closer than a lot of people think, but it's also divisional. So uh, it's not like football when anything could happen, but uh, it means a little more when you see somebody four times. Uh, you could kind of take a game off of them. Yeah. Uh, and finally, the fourth seed, uh, Indiana Pacers, who are still holding on without Oladipo, versus the fifth seed, Celtics. I think Ky- Kyrie's not going to be able to lose in the first round. This, no, this... I, I have Celtics in, uh, in five. Yeah, Celtics are going to take it easy, you know. Obviously, the Pacers are still able to produce with their injuries, especially with Oladipo injured, but... 
this Celtics team is talented. And we we've seen them struggle, but with Jason Tatum and Jason, Jalen Brown and Kyrie Irving and they, all they the guys, they have, they're, they're not going to lose. I think that they're not probably lose the the first. I would probably take seven out of the first eight uh, best players in this series from uh, from Boston. Boston Everybody yeah. besides Miles uh, Miles Turner, I would probably take. Uh, going on to the West, we have the first seed Golden State Warriors versus the eighth seed Utah Jazz. Uh, Donovan has been lighting it up recently, averaging about 20-25 since the All-Star break. Uh, Gobert, of course, still a defensive force. Uh, these two teams play each other hard. Uh, they've played in the playoffs. Uh, you know, I, I love Utah, and I, I see a lot of potential for them, but they're going <laughs> no. up against five All-Stars. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's a sweep for um, Golden State. I, I think it's going to six. I think that Utah plays them hard. Utah is great at home. Um, their fans make it a little crazy. But I think the Warriors are going to take it easy, but then they're going to realize, you know what, we actually have to take this seriously and start hitting another gear. And I think Iguodala is going to come in and give them a little bit of spark. Uh, second seed Denver um, didn't make the playoffs last year. Now they're gonna have home court Shocking advantage the world in with the first team. round, and they're going against the Clippers. Um, they have played all their four uh, head-to-head games: one of seven, ninety-eight Denver, one thirty-two, one eleven De- uh, Clippers, uh, one twenty-one, one hundred Denver, and then one twenty-three, ninety-six Denver. So it seems like Denver's been in control between these two. Yeah, teams. and you know, people people can say a lot of things. Obviously, we've seen a lot of great things that the Clippers have done this season, but. The Nuggets, even as second seed, are still doubted. People are not saying, oh, they don't have a good... Nuggets are a great team, especially with Jokic, especially with their, you know, great coaching staff. And this this team... They're ready. Yeah, they're they're ready for the playoffs. Um, I'm really excited to see Denver. Um, I remember the last time that they made the playoffs was when the Lakers made it back in 2013, and they had such a totally different team. They had Kenneth Fareed, Ty Lawson, JaVale McGee, and Andre Iguodala as their four best players. So you see how that team turned it around. Uh, third seed Houston uh, versus the sixth seed San Antonio Spurs. Um, kind of a difference in play styles. Um, the Spurs are the best three-point shooting team, but they don't shoot a bunch. Uh, while the Rockets are notoriously the most um, uh, volume three-point shooting team in NBA history. So who do you take here? You know, this Rockets team is great, and they're talented with Capella and Paul and Harden. But honestly, when it comes down to the playoffs, I don't think Paul, I don't think Popovich is going to lose to this team. Okay, I, I I think this team is too dysfunctional to play in the playoffs, and I think the Spurs with DeRozan have a great chance to go up against the Rockets. Maybe it's going to go to Game Seven. But who knows? I got San Antonio in this year. All right. So a couple of years ago, when it was um, just the James Harden show uh, back in 2016, he played uh, the Spurs and uh, famously uh, flamed out and then um, kind of got tired and got clamped up and lost in a game six that didn't feature Kawhi Leonard. Um, the one problem is uh, Spurs don't have Mono. And um, <laughs> as funny as that sounds, like Mono really shut down uh, Mono and uh, uh, Justin Simmons. Um, really shut down James Harden. Um, but I, I, I have the Rockets winning this. Um, I think that they're on a mission, and they really want to play Golden State in the conference finals, or if it's in the semis, if the seeding changes. And uh, I have Houston in uh, six. And finally, we have uh, OKC, which um, you are calling uh, the biggest threats to the Warriors versus the fifth seed. Portland Trailblazers, who nobody seems to take seriously, but they always get around 50 wins every season. 
you know, P- Paul George is having a tremendous season um, with Russell Westbrook on his side. And, you know, it's crazy to say that earlier in the year, I don't think I would have been saying this, that Russell Westbrook is the sidekick to yeah, Paul George. Exactly. Yeah, But, no, this, this Rockets team, uh, not Rockets, Thunder, uh, have a lot to show. And even though the Trailblazers are good and they are talented, this Thunder team's going. And I, honestly, I think they're going all the way in the West. Okay. I don't know. I don't know uh, what's gonna happen. I'll take um, the interesting thing about the Thunder. Um, they have not won a playoff series since Durant has left. Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting that uh, you mentioned Russell Westbrook has kind of learned from his mistakes and kind of taken a backseat role and said, listen, I'm a great rebounder. I can defend at a great rate. I'm a great passer. Um, let me let me take a back roll seat and let this guy shine. Yeah. Um, so that's all of uh, all of our playoff predictions. Obviously, uh, some seating is going to change between now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a chance for injuries. Um, for our award predictions, um, who do you have for MVP? At this point in the season, you know, even though Harden is averaging 36 a game, it might, honestly, I think it's going to go to Giannis just because he's first seed and he's driving his team to a crazy record in the East. Um, would you say Giannis? Yes, I, I have Giannis winning it. I also think that um, voters don't like voting back-to-back MVPs. Um, they, they usually... Yeah, I definitely really think it's going to be hard for Harden um, to win. Yeah, yeah, I think if it was somebody else putting up these numbers... Um, I think that they would have a better chance of winning, but Giannis is putting up great numbers. His team is winning. They have the best record in the league right now. Uh, I think he gets it. Um, for Rookie of the Year, I think we have the same guy. I think it's pretty unanimous with Doncic. But I yeah, think, that's pretty much guaranteed. But I think I think Aiton is putting up one of the best rookie seasons that has gone under the radar. He's putting up like 20 and 10 every night, uh, top 20 in PER. He's playing great, so look out for him in the future. But this has been such a great draft class, just yeah. like last year, the one with Kuzma and Mitchell. Like These drafts are getting better and better with the young talent. And Trey Young, we've seen him lately put on a show every yeah, game he's been playing. Yeah, post-All-Star break. Yeah, and um, I, I see a lot of potential from him, but... How they played in so far in the beginning, I think it's easily going to Doncic. Uh, moving on, we have sixth man of the year. Um, some people call it the Jamal Crawford award. But uh, speaking about Jamal Crawford, I have a Clipper winning it. Uh, uh, I have Lou Williams winning I, it I would, agree, I would agree with you on yeah. that. He, he's done so much for this Clippers organization coming off the bench. And this team obviously has produced a lot more than people think. And Lou, Lou Williams is a big part yeah, of that. Yeah, the, they lead the league um, in bench efficiency. The problem with them is that um, Montrezl Harrell is also playing great. And he might take votes away uh, from Lou Will. And they might say, you you know what, we're not sure who's the sixth. We're not sure who's the seventh man. So I can see them giving it to another guy or saying, Lou, you got it last so, year. So if it wasn't Will, who, who would you give it to? Um, If it, if it wasn't Lou Will... Uh, Marcus Gasol hasn't played enough games to be eligible, has he? Mm. Um, I, I honestly, I don't think a lot of people are talking about him. I could see Hassan Whiteside sliding in with that role. Uh, the fact that they're putting him on the bench, he's been able yeah. to put up a lot with this Heat organization. And um, moving on, most improved player. Um, we've heard talks. People have said Paul George. I don't think he's Paul George is in the talk. Uh, for me, my vote for most improved is going to go to D'Angelo Russell. Okay, um, my vote is going to Siakam. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that... Uh, I think it's going to be a good battle. Yeah, them. yeah. Um, the young guys from the Atlantic Division, um, when we were doing our All-Stars, um, the only one that I got wrong in the East was I put Siakam uh, instead of Middleton, mm-hmm. um, and I and I thought that Siakam deserved it just because of the energy that he brings. Uh, I think that it does come down to those two guys, uh, really. Um Maybe Vucevic, but I think that's too late in his career um, for him to win it. 
Um, the next award, um, what's, what's the next award? Defensive Player of the Year? Yeah. Um, for this award, I would probably have to give it to Giannis. Giannis, I, I would give it to Paul George. If they're not going to give him MVP, they're going to give him something. And uh, his production for the Thunder this year, they're going to. I think defensive player is going to. Um, you think Paul George going to Paul George? Yeah. Uh, Paul George does lead the league in steals per game. He's averaging uh, two point two. Some uh, some other people. You know who's second in the league in um, steals per game? Who? James Harden. Wow. And I think that that's that's a little surprising. Yeah, but steals steals now is is not even as much as it used to be. Now it's you know more intercepting balls and getting steals that way. But um, who? Okay, last award. Who do you see as uh, coach of the year? Uh, coach of the year. Um, I guess I. Guess I'm going all Milwaukee. Uh, I have Boone Hoser winning it. Uh, I have Boone Hoser winning it just because he went into this system. Um, not wasn't the coach last year, and they usually give it to first year coaches on new teams when they uh, really show out, kind of like Dan Tony won it. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's put a new culture into them. Uh, really went from a grit and grind team to a pace and space team, and it's really worked out. Um, and I think the uh, the best pickup. In the offseason, besides LeBron, probably, that has paid the most dividends is Brooke Lopez. Uh, who do you have winning Coach of the Year? Uh, I would give it to Luke Walton. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> okay, that's um, not funny. Yeah, you know, I, I would agree with you and Mike Budenhoser. Uh, I think this Bucks team is doing great. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's all of our award predictions. Um, that's it for this episode of Fish and Chips. We're going to go watch the end to the Rockets-Warriors game, which is getting pretty close right now. <laughs> uh, so we'll catch you on the next one. These watch. refs, man, these refs. See you next time.